Logo Geeks, it's Ian Padgett here. I'm back with another podcast that's created to help you make a living designing logos. Today's episode is sponsored by The Perfect Match, a game where designers submit mood boards created using Adobe stock assets. And if your amazing mood board design is chosen, you will be featured on Adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other talented designers art directors and creatives where the winner goes home with $1,000. It's totally free to participate in a perfect match and by simply submitting an entry, Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To learn more and to enter, visit theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. That's theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So this week's guest is a young designer who I met several years back through an online design conference, Blesson Varghais, a designer based in India. At that point, he was very early in his career, but he spoke with such confidence. I know that he was someone to watch out for and having been connected with him now for a few years and watching him develop as a graphic designer, I felt that now was the perfect time to bring him on as a guest to share his story. Bless is a really talented designer. He has an absolutely superb portfolio and his presence on social media is solid. Um, he also has his own podcast too that's worth checking out called The Bless Show. But what I find most special about Bless and his story is that he's from a country, India, that has a culture where becoming a graphic designer isn't what's expected of you. Um, So I hope this will be an inspiring story for any listeners uh, also based in India, but I really believe that everybody else should find this story inspiring too. So rather than me tell you any more about this, let's just dive straight into this and hear from Bless himself. So here is the interview with Blesson Varghese. I think we need to go right back to the beginning. So can you share with us how you started out in your uh, graphic design career? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. First of all, thank you very much for uh, having me on the show. It's it's an honor because I just want to point this out that when I started out freelancing and when I started out design career, I used to listen to Logo Geek podcast <laughs> each and every episode and learn things and extract things from them. Because I'm a self-taught designer, more than that, I'm from a country that, you know, doesn't have proper design education or quality design education. So I used podcasts and YouTube videos to learn from. And Logo Geek Podcast was one of them because obviously I was focusing on logo design niche. So right now sharing my story here is such an honor for me. So I really, really appreciate and thank Ian for having me on here. Uh, it's, It's an honor for me. So, yeah. Oh, you're you're very welcome. I mean, I've been following your journey since you started. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm well aware that you've only been doing this for a couple of years, but yeah. uh, the uh, reason why I wanted to get you on is because I, I feel you've been doing well, and I I feel even though you're relatively early in your journey, mm-hmm. you are doing a lot of things that other people aren't doing. Um, yeah. I, I feel that you're doing things in the right way. So. Wow. Um, I'm keen to dive into that story and um, learn more about you. You know, it's it's, it's an honor for me to have you on uh, just Thank as you. much as uh, you're honored to jump on. So I do Thank appreciate you. you being here. And uh, yeah, I hope the audience are going to enjoy uh, learning about your story. For sure. Um, yeah, so go for it. I mean, tell us, like, how, yeah. how did you get into logo design originally? Wow. So let's go back to uh, when I was doing college. Because that's how and that's when things started out. So uh, for people, those who might need a little bit of background, I'm from the country India. And more than that, I, you know, I am from the uh, southern part of India, that is Kerala. For anyone 
uh, wanting a little bit of context. And uh, but I've been living in the part of North India for ever since I was uh, born and brought up here. So um, we don't have much of the design uh, education or let's say, uh, you know, the way Western culture or the way Western countries have developed design throughout the years, uh, India is still far behind from them. And that being the reason we don't have design as one of the mainstream careers. So when it comes to choosing a career to opt for after college or maybe after school, people usually, students usually focus on being a doctor, being an engineer, being, you know, or a government official and all of these mainstream careers. So design wasn't really a career that people would choose, uh, you know, generally or usually. But I had a very uh, small interest into design for some weird reason. I don't know why. If someone asked me, why did you have that? I don't have an answer to that because not like my parents uh, are artistic or into the creative field or not. None of my family members are. So I don't have an explanation to that. <laughs> but I did. I did had interest on design and visual aesthetics. Uh, but obviously, I didn't get the uh, needed exposure to these platforms or these ideas of freelancing or graphic design. But in college, I picked up uh, Photoshop. Somehow, I picked up Photoshop. And I was like, oh, this is quite a great tool and something that I love. Before Photoshop, I used Microsoft PowerPoint to design business cards, flyers, and posters for friends and families because that's how we start, right? So mm -hmm. I used Microsoft PowerPoint, PowerPoint for a very long time. And I think that was my entry to design in itself. It was my, my start to the journey, I would say. So PowerPoint was where I started out understanding the concepts of icon, colors, typography, and all of that stuff. Can I just then, quickly interrupt? Sure. So you, you mentioned that you'd uh, picked up Photoshop. What was you actually studying then? I was studying. So uh, I, I just want to give a quick uh, introduction to the uh, education that I had. So sure. I was I was in my school. I picked up uh, science, that is biology, so that I could pursue medical education. That's what I was thinking when I was mm -hmm. in school, <laughs> that I would become a doctor because obviously that's how society wanted things to be, right? So I wanted to be a doctor, but few months in, I figured out that this is not for me because I was finding it so hard. I wasn't enjoying studying uh, medical studies or biology or chemistry or physics and all of that stuff, right? I wasn't enjoying it. I was struggling to go through all of this. And when I passed school, uh, when, it, when it came to choose a stream for college, I decided to go for a general course like BBA, which is Bachelor's in Business Administration. And I opted for that, which is not a very hard uh, topic to cover because it's more of like a generalization course where you understand the basic aspects of business, administration, management, and all of that stuff. So I was doing bachelor's in business administration. That's when I picked up Photoshop. That's where I got to know about this thing called Photoshop. And that was my entry point to design in itself. And, um, you know, I learned a few things here and there, photo manipulation tricks. That's how you find things on uh, Photoshop, uh, YouTube about Photoshop. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, uh, retouching our photos and adding things here and there. So I was just playing around. I was uh, doing my thing just fooling around with uh, design and its own aspects. And then I somehow picked up uh, something for logos. You know, I was always intrigued by logos. Like, how do people do this? Like, you know, are there people behind the scenes doing this or are these machines doing this? Because I didn't have uh, enough information to actually think about these things, right? So I didn't have enough exposure that there are people those who are logo designers doing this full-time. So I had, I, I wanted to know more. I had this curiosity and I was, you know, looking up online and I could find that people do this, graphic designers do this, which was amazing. But I didn't look into it seriously. But on my last semester in my college, um, you know, the, the way college system works here in India is uh, in your last semester, there are campus placements. I don't know what they're called everywhere else. But what really happens is companies come to your college before you pass out from the college. 
companies come to your college and they do interviews and if they find uh, people those who are opt for their uh, position their job position they would hire you and as soon as you pass out from college you get uh, admitted to that company or you get uh, a position in that company so in my last semester in college i got selected for two companies uh, for job placements i got selected for two companies but the most unfortunate thing happened or rather i would say the most fortunate thing happened because what I, i'll share next will make sense is that um i never failed in any of my uh, education history since my childhood but on that last semester i failed in one subject for 3 marks for just 3 marks i failed in one subject now the way these uh, job placements work is if you don't pass out from the college the job offer is no more valid right so no. <laughs> so now i have two job offers from two companies but i'm it's no more valid because i haven't passed my college right which uh, if you think uh, from a logical perspective was the most unfortunate thing you could imagine because i was thinking all right let's get into job let's do all this job things nine to five things and get moving with life but unfortunately that happened and i had to be home i had to wait for the next six months for the reexams and that's where i picked up uh, doing design that's where i started doing design i was like although i have you know enough time right now let's just try on this thing or uh, and see how it goes so during that time during that time frame of 6 months i started uh, learning more about design and that's how i started my instagram page just for fun <laughs> just for fun that let's just pass our time productively and maybe try do something that you know might work out and, you know i uh, find this absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. um and it is interesting because uh we come from very different parts of the world uh so i've obviously grew up in the uk in in europe and uh we have uh here a very strong history of graphic mm-hmm. design um there are universities there are courses um plenty of books uh here where you can uh i i guess stumble across uh graphic design in some way yeah. um because it's very much embedded in um Uh, everything we do you know logos are literally everywhere it, i mm. assume it's probably the same where you are mm-hmm. uh but here you know everywhere you go logo design or, or graphic design is a, a part of uh culture here yeah. um but it's really interesting to um learn more about your story and i i i, I really feel that there's going to be a lot of people listening that are going to resonate with your story Um I'm well aware that there's a large number of listeners uh from uh India and and Asia. Yeah. Um so it's yeah it's it's interesting to know that there aren't the courses there culture does kind of force you down certain uh routes and uh I can imagine before the internet it was probably very hard to uh even discover graphic design or to get into graphic design in any way. So Um in terms of learning it sound am I right in understanding that you're literally probably using the internet to learn everything Absolutely I for for just some context let me just tell you that I even didn't know that there's a th- thing called freelancing where people do things on their own when I started out I had no idea about this I had literally no and some people think that I make this up but but why would I do this in the sense that i didn't even know that there's a thing called freelancing where you do things on your own and it's not a reg- registered company or anything you do all on your own you are the business owner you do all client talks you do everything from finances managing clients social media and everything i didn't even know that this existed so that's the level of uh, naiveness that i had when i started out uh, doing design and freelancing So where where were you going to learn this was it just a case of jumping on google and searching so i when i started uh, on my instagram page i just started uh, uploading random you know things like random logo designs or random posters random typographic stuff 
just to you know get it started and make make like make use of the time but was it just stuff that you was finding or things that you were doing yourself I, i i was doing it myself i was checking up youtube tutorials you know and i was just redoing those tutorials and mm-hmm. probably maybe adding some things here and there or maybe using different colors to make it different and this just just uploading them on instagram like hey see i design things and <laughs> this is what i designed <laughs> that sort of thing right it was it, it, it was just very naive stuff i wasn't having any strategy any target audience any marketing tactic or nothing like that like literally nothing and i found out that the thing that people do on their own is called freelancing obviously through google and internet was my best friend <laughs> obviously because uh, there was no other place that i could literally just go up to let's say you know the culture in uh, the united states or the united kingdom it's that you find so many bunch of people around you that you know this thing happens like this thing exists but in my case i didn't had any of my friends i didn't had any of my family members i didn't had any of my seniors in college or anything doing this thing so that i can look up to them and maybe you know reach out to them and ask a few things here and there i didn't had any of that so internet was my only place and right now when i think of it it's it's quite scary to be very honest because you could go any route right oh, but yeah. things yeah. just things just turned out well and uh first of all i'm just happy that i didn't land up in a place where i was um you know focusing too much on platforms like uh, uh you know those platforms where you offer your services platforms like fiverr because if you start on those platforms you i i tend to think that you you have a tendency to stick to them because you get comfortable with those platforms mm-hmm. um but just somehow i find out that uh you know you could do this on your own through social media gathering clients and all of these things so yeah answering your question internet was my best friend <laughs> yeah i i think you've been very lucky because um i i taught myself primarily yeah and one of the downsides of that is that you don't know what you don't know um so there's a lot of self-taught graphic designers out there um that are doing well but yeah if you don't have anyone to look up to or you don't have any good resources or references or anything to learn from then how do you know when searching on google what to learn absolutely <laughs> and it sounds like um I mean being completely honest I feel you got into it at a very good point because there was things like the future just started and I know you're yeah. also a fan of people like Christo yeah and prior to that so when I started there was no youtube mm. um so I mean that makes me feel very old but I mean we're talking <laughs> only like 10 15 years ago that yeah. stuff just didn't exist so you're in a very um unique position where um you've been able to basically google graphic design and right. there'd be a lot of very high quality very good uh mm. resources and material out there that is completely free that just wasn't there um you know 10 years ago none very of that true. was there so you're in a, a very unique position and um uh there there is a topic and it might be a little bit delicate and I'm not sure the best way of asking this but you you're probably the first indian uh, graphic designer that i've had on the show mm-hmm. and in in the uk anyway there is a stigma attached to indian graphic design mm-hmm. uh generally it's uh you would you would assume it's cheaper mm. uh poor quality yeah. um it's all the five of stuff that you mentioned and uh everything that you've spoken about it makes sense you yeah. know there there's no education uh for graphic design um or anything like that but yeah. you're obviously doing well i really admire everything that you're doing so you've you've done very well from this and and your work's absolutely fantastic but i'm curious to ask has there been any have you have you had any difficulties in any way mm-hmm. because of where you are located in the world and because of that um stigma that is attached to mm-hmm. um indian graphic design mm-hmm. 
first of all i i really feel honored to to be the first indian on the show <laughs> by the way <laughs> it's 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 a great honor for me but yeah uh so answering your question i am very well aware and uh, i think um if if we look at it from a perspective of indians as well as a perspective from the western countries i would say mm-hmm. if you learn the indian culture or if you learn the present condition of design or quality education of design in in the country you would know that uh these people those who are you know building up this reputation of being cheap and poor work they are not to be blamed 100% because mm-hmm. the reason why i say that i've been on both sides i know the ground reality of what happens here in the country when it comes to design and design education at the same time i've had experiences working with quality clients that really admire quality and pay for the quality price right so mm-hmm. the reason why i say that is because if you jump out in the market or in the uh, you know in the real world in in the country in the country like india if you look at the advertisements if you look at the uh, the shop signages if you look at the the overall design system used in the country it's it's more focused on cheap stuff rather than mm-hmm. quality stuff if that makes sense yeah yeah because when we w- when you step out the 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 state that i live in it's it's a very um it's a it's still a developing state the majority of people living in my state are uh, tribals they are uh, you know uh, they are more of like the, the the main profession they have uh, you know they have they are more of like farmers more of them are farmers and uh, when we talk about education only right now they are started to get education their generation before that they were not too much focused on education the reason why i'm sharing all of this is to give a little bit of context on why this happens with indian designers usually but things are changing right now with the as you mentioned with the introduction of internet because mm-hmm. we have overload of information from experienced uh, designers experienced agencies teachers and professors who are telling you to you know to do what to do and how to view design business and things like that did i have an issue working with clients when it comes to the stigma attached to indian designers to be very honest i never had that issue and Good. i Good. think the reason why i didn't had that issue is because i when i started out i found that what you portray yourself as is how your clients will see you as and if you have your portfolio strong enough that suits the needs of the clients and that is perfect for the price that you're paying if it justifies the price that you're charging for then doesn't matter where, from where do you come from in the world from what part of world do you come from all the clients you know all they want to know is whether or not you can help get their business rolling whether or not you can help their uh, problem you, you can solve their problem it doesn't matter whether you're from a country that's more underprivileged it doesn't matter from a country that has a lot of these so called stigmas because of the past experience from other designers or clients i never had this issue because i found out that if you are really confident about your work and if you think that what you're doing will really really help the client uh these things don't matter at all i'm so glad that you said that Um yeah. I I didn't know how you was going to answer that question but I really do feel that our generation um maybe not 10 years ago I'm talking mm. now anyone no matter where you are in the world you can do this you can do anything you can Absolutely. be um you can become the next Poran you can become the next um Sagmeister uh, uh, but I I think that there are parts of the world in every corner of the globe where it's difficult. Mm. Yeah. Um but we all have access to um the internet. We all have access to information. We can all learn. Absolutely. And I think providing you put in the time and and uh work to understand things no matter your background, no matter your location, mm. all of those opportunities are e- equally available 
Absolutely. Um, so um, thank you for answering that. And I'm hoping that will inspire um, some people that's uh, no listening. Problem. I just want to add on one thing as well, if you, if you allow. Sure. So, you know, j- just the thing that you mentioned, you know, doesn't matter where we are from. So I, the, the place that I come from here, you can find those uh, graphic design shops where you can get your logo design for just under $20. And I'm not making this up. This is real. Like companies and businesses that start, they just go to this graphic design shop. They say, this is my uh, shop's name or business name. And I just want a logo. They get things done within like under $25. And when I, someone who comes from such a place where a graphic design shop charges $25 for a logo, can work for, uh, you know, a brand or I, I did a project for, I did a logo for uh, Brazil's uh, top DJ. He's, his name is Alok DJ. He's also was under number five, uh, you know, category. I did a rebrand logo for them. If someone from a state or a country like where they charge $25 for a logo, if someone from that city or state can work for a client like Alok DJ, then you shouldn't really worry about where you come from. I don't, I don't know how would you, uh, you know, bring education or region or culture to these aspects? Because right now, with the introduction of internet, the possibilities are endless and there's no limit to where you can reach. Totally agree with that. And I'm curious, um, and you can skip this question if you want to, but pricing is a difficult thing globally. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned about the $25 shop. We have that in the UK, you know, you, you go online, people can get a logo for 60 mm. uh, 60 dollars 60 pounds or or less yeah. um I, I think that's the case everywhere in the world am i right in understanding that you are charging relatively high prices absolutely yes i think uh, if if we <laughs> if you add more of like uh, quite a bump up to the significant uh, pricing that they are mentioning i would say i'm charging somewhere around an experienced uh, like 8 or 10 years logo designer is charging for Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Again, it's it's another valid point to for, for those people that are out there that make comments based on where they're from, where they're based, all this sort of stuff. You're doing very well. I know many people that are that um, live in all, all corners mm. of the globe, so it's good to hear. Um, I do want to go into some of the reputation building stuff because that's I, I think that's one of the things that you're doing well. One of the things that I was particularly drawn to. Um, and as some examples for people that aren't already aware of you, mm-hmm. um, you are active on social media. So I, I see you posting on Instagram uh, frequently. Yeah. You have a YouTube channel. You have your own podcast. I see you speaking at um, online conferences. Yeah. And that's how we actually originally met. Yeah, You are doing a lot of... Uh, things I would describe as reputation building. So Mm -hmm. things that are establishing you as um, an authority around uh, your chosen topic. You're usually speaking about logo design. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I know you've only been doing it a few years, but I feel you're doing it very well. Yeah. Um, So of all of those things, which do you feel has been the most successful and why? Mm-hmm. So uh, when it comes to reputation building, the, the fun thing is that when I started out and when I started doing these things, I had no idea that this would work as a reputation for me, to be very honest, to be very frank. But it's when I started doing these things and I understood the concepts and idea of how a personal brand, because this is a real thing. I think a lot of us miss out on this, that, now in the social media culture, in this internet world, you're not just a designer, but actually you're building your own personal brand. And if you have your personal, the foundations of your personal brand strong, that's in itself the best way to promote yourself. I think, uh, you know, things are changing with the way uh, promotion works, with the way advertising works, with the way, as you mentioned, reputation building works. So. Among all of these mediums, uh, the best thing that has helped for me is to use social media in its best way possible to build up a reputation that not just uh, portrays you as an expert, 
but more than that portrays you as a person who understands things behind what you're doing and who has really figured out things in some or the other way not just designing and when i say this designing i mean software knowledge but more than that you understand the ins and outs of how things work for businesses for uh, design softwares for uh, understanding the problems and pain points of uh, clients so when i talk on my podcasts or when i talk on uh, when i share something on twitter and things like that i'm not just sharing how i designed a logo i'm not just sharing uh, quick tips and tricks for logo designs but i'm actually sharing my process because i think the process that you have is the most unique selling point that a client will get attracted to so social media has worked really really well for me and for anyone this helps you know i still don't have a proper dedicated website as of now i'm rebuilding my website but i've been getting clients i've been having regular flow of clients throughout these years and the reason behind that is because i've been uh, very active on social media in the way it should work for me so i would say social media has been the uh, best possible way of getting clients leveraging what i do for client work i interrupt this interview for a short message from the sponsor of this episode the perfect match a game where designers submit mood boards created with adobe stock assets and earn your chance to play on a game show to win big as designers we pitch good vibes and great ideas through visuals all day every day but how well does our design communicate do clients and higher-ups really understand the work we put in front of them well let's find out test your skills by assembling a brand inspired mood board with adobe stock images to the perfect match and if your skillful product is chosen you will be featured on adobe's monthly live streaming game show with other groovy designers art directors and creatives where the winner goes home with $1000 It's free to participate in the perfect match and if you submit an entry Adobe will give you a gift for your time. To take part and to learn more visit theperfectmatch.co/logogeek. That's theperfectmatch.co/logogeek. So now let's get back to the interview. I I think personal branding we we all speak about it and Uh, I think most designers are aware of it. Um, mm. Something I like to follow, uh, are you aware of Chris Ducker? He has a platform called Upreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he teaches about how you can build a personal brand around you. Yeah. So you are like the main uh, uh, person as part of your brand and you're building this whole uh, company around you. You're getting yeah. known for this thing. It has a lot of really good... uh valuable information around that yeah. and um you you only need to look at some big names that are out there like Gar- Gary Vaynerchuk absolutely everyone knows Gary V mm. he can keep doing different things and people follow him for, Still, for yeah. what he's doing and uh yeah he's he's probably one of the biggest names within that niche if you was to uh talk about personal branding as a, a niche absolutely um but yeah i've i've learned a lot from him and it sounds like you you've stumbled across a, a lot of this uh similar information and and that's how you've uh gained that knowledge to to build up your personal brand. Absolutely. Um I would like to kind of dive in a little bit more into the social media stuff. So we know that's worked well for you. Yeah. And you did describe a little bit of what you was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh I find it really interesting that I I I did actually notice that that you don't have a website. Yeah. Um a website for me is the 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 main source of um inquiries and leads mm. and so on. So in terms of getting clients, can you talk through specifically what you're doing on social media in order to attract those people to come to you? Sure. So let me just share this thing first that when it comes to website and things, I am really uh, a newbie to this thing. Uh when it comes to SEOs, when it comes to um you know generating leads through your websites and things like that and i admit that you know i am very new to this and i'm still learning on how to 
process this and how to execute this. And that's the reason I'm not jumping on board and just putting out whatever I want to on my website. I'm trying to learn how to, uh, you know, carry it forward and how to do things that will really work and not just, uh, you know, mess it all up in a website. (laughs) Because I don't think you can mess it up. (laughs) (laughs) I think, you know, there are people like you who are doing really, really well with the website. And I'm, I'm taking notes. I'm learning from people. I'm learning from uh, examples and uh, case studies where, you know, it's working for them and what's working for them. Anyway, that's just because I just wanted to put it there. The reason why I don't have, I'm, I'm right now in the middle of redesigning my website, but the reason why I don't primarily have right now at this point a website is because I still haven't learned it out uh, enough to get started is is what I'll say. I'm and not, I, I don't think you need to worry because it sounds like you're getting clients <laughs> without it. Yeah. And um, I think it's worth adding that none of us really know what we're doing. (laughs) We're all just uh, trying stuff and seeing what happens. Um, Obviously, we can learn from other people's experiences, uh, which is why there are books and podcasts and audio books and stuff like that. But no one's really an expert. Everything's always changing. Um, The key thing to getting clients is uh, networking, and people knowing that you exist and you can help solve their problem. Absolutely. How they find you is completely irrelevant um, because they could meet you down the street. They could bump into you, uh, you know, at a conference. They could uh, Google, do, do a Google search, uh, which is why you'd want a website. Mm. Or, or they could stumble across you on social media. Um, so don't stress about not having a website. Um, I, I know you're still learning. I am too. Uh, I think everyone listening, uh, uh, is probably in the same boat, even though some of them might pretend that they know everything, mm-hmm. uh, but nobody does. Um, so, so um, yeah. I, do you want, do you want to share some of the stuff that's worked for you on social media? For sure. So, uh, when I started out, I just, you know, used to post my work itself and nothing else other than that. Uh, but then I started sharing the behind the scenes. So I started sharing sketches and how I landed on these sketches. What was my kind of thought process behind that? Um, and then, so all this while I was getting clients all this while, and I, I don't mean to say that when I was sharing just my work, I didn't get clients. I used to get clients, but when I started sharing my process, the quality of clients that I got, uh, it got a level up, right? Because I was sharing more of the in-depth process. And then I started sharing uh, the the whole sort of like package kind of thing where I used to post my uh, sketches first and then refined concepts and then properly presented case studies style uh, posts on social media. And when I say social media, it's primarily Instagram, but uh, I also leveraged it into uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and Dribble as well as Behance. So how I, you know, turned it into was I would design a Behance case study and then I would take snippets from those case studies and I would, you know, obviously photograph my sketches and all of these things and I would use to I just used to present them on Instagram or Twitter or LinkedIn and things like that. But right now, if you look at my Instagram profile, it's a mix of a lot of things. It's not just design, but it's also sharing my journey as a designer. And the reason behind doing that is because I also am planning to jump into other uh, aspects of not just design, but also other aspects when it comes to uh, building a personal brand. But what has worked for me Uh, to get client work is sharing your process. I think that has been the turning point for my uh, design career is when I started sharing my process and not just the finished work, it got a lot of attraction uh, to ideal clients that I was trying to focus. Can you talk through specifically what you mean by sharing your process? Are you referring to just showing a couple of images? Are you writing? Are you doing video? Oh, yeah. So I did when I, uh, I think two years back, I just like snapped picture of my sketchbook and I just posted it. But then I decided that I will share the idea behind my sketches. Like, how did I come up with these sketches? And not just, you know, random sketches here and there, but the idea behind 
what I was thinking when I was sketching. I used to write them down and then put it up on a post. Then I did these called logo process videos. And I don't know, for some reason, people just really, really like looking at a logo being built from scratch on a software. I don't know what <laughs> magic there is in this thing, but I had clients come up to me and they would refer to this video. We found you through this video, uh, this logo process video. Probably sometimes it was also featured on some of the other logo featuring pages. And they would say, we found you on this page and we would like to get a, you know, a logo designed or we have a project for you. So right now it's a mix of a lot of things, uh, but process videos work really well. Uh, it never gets old is I would say that, you know, it, it never gets old. I don't know why though, but, but it never gets old. It's really, it really works. And uh, sharing the idea behind your, uh, you know, execution, like why did you choose these colors? Why did you choose this typeface? Or why did you choose this type of logo design for the specific company? Breaking down your ideation process and presenting it in a way that has a total package of your execution, ideation, and all of these processes, uh, it really works. Yeah, and I, I think um, there's so much room for ideas and um, approaches for how you can share that. Uh, I'm just thinking, I, I think I've seen a couple of these videos that you're, talk, you're talking about where you're like constructing a, a logo. Mm. Am I right in understanding that you've um, basically done all the client work, you know, you finished off the project, those videos, are you recording that after you've done it? it uh, you know, just recreating what you put together just for the purpose of that video? Or, or do you actually just record your screen uh, throughout the whole duration of that um, logo creation process? Yeah, this is quite, uh, quite interesting because I wanted to share this and I think I got the right time to. So, <laughs> <laughs> so... When I started seeing designers posting logo process videos, I was like, these are so polished. Like, how do they do this? <laughs> how, how is it that they don't uh, make a mistake when it's they're fake. doing this? <laughs> <laughs> so just want to break it for everyone who thinks that this is like well-polished and they do it so perfectly. It's totally fake. They do it, like redo it and probably do it 10 times. And when it all works out well, they just post it on social media, right? Exactly. So, exactly. so when I started out, I also copied that. And I used to like, I used to have a, a sort of like a, a, like a timeline thing on how I'm going to record this video. <laughs> like I'm going to make a circle first and then I'm going to make a line first and then I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do this. So you can think of it like content creation. It was more focused on like creating a content style yeah. based yeah. on this logo process video. But then I started doing time lapses of my actual uh, exploration phase. So I used to just quick quick sketches. I used to do quick sketches on my sketchbook. But then I jumped on Illustrator and I used to explore based on those sketches. And I had these time lapses of those sketching process. And I know there are risks where you are exposing all of your concepts uh, to, to the world. But I was, uh, I was ready to take those risks on exploring those concepts and presenting my ideas. So when answering your question, uh, logo process videos, uh, most of them were done uh, after the project just for presentation but mm -hmm. i also do time lapses which are like real life real time time lapses yeah yeah i, I think it's interesting that you've done it that way i, I think if i was going to do anything like that i would probably pr uh do it after i've done the logo and and uh, make it as polished as possible because <laughs> I don't know how you work, but some I, I work in quite a messy way. You know, sometimes <laughs> I can be sketching for an hour and I struggle to work things out. So I'll leave it for a while and then mm. I'll come back. And um, a lot of what I do is trash, you know, like, <laughs> like you, you go through some of the pages of ideas and they're things that have been done before yeah. or it just looks absolutely rubbish. But, some yeah, some but... of them absolutely, absolutely <laughs> similar to the logo that are existing. <laughs> But um, yeah, but my point is you you kind of need to go through the garbage to find the one thing because all you need is one solution. That, yeah. That's that's what the process is going through. Absolutely. And all that muddy mess, all that crud, all that, you know, just nonsense that you put together, mm. that's just part of that process of, of uh, finding that solution. And I, I know personally, I would be reluctant to share... <laughs> 
too much of that um, in in detail. But actually, it would probably be incredibly valuable for the world if I was to be as transparent as that. You know, <laughs> if I was to show how messy uh, my uh, art boards uh, and <laughs> stuff are. It's just uh, being honest. It's just all over the place. You know, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think I think that's normal. So yeah. it should it should be normal, and it, I, I guess to some degree it does need to be normalized because I think a lot of these like overly polished Instagram oh. Yeah. Uh, images and stuff it's intimidating uh, but I remember seeing one of Michael Beirut's pe- uh, uh, sketchbook pages and mm. I looked at that and thought that's like mine you know that's not that different from what I'm doing yeah he's just got the reputation and the and the experience and uh I, I think it you know all boils down to reputation like reputation. he's got the he he's got the body of work to go with it. He's he's done all of these talks. He's wrote all these books. He's he's got all of that stuff that um, makes you feel that he's great. Mm. Well, I mean, he is great, but you know that body of work, that reputation, it it makes it easy to put that person on a pedestal. Yep. But when you go down to the raw ideas and the raw sketches, it's not that different. It's really similar to what I do. I know I've shared some of my sketchbook stuff and people have said the same thing. Absolutely. Um, so I, I think that messiness is normal. It's just we don't see it because people are uh, I think scared to share it. Yeah. I think it's I think I think it is fair because you don't want uh you, you, you know, you don't want to charge a lot of money uh to find a solution when actually your whole process is a little bit <laughs> uh i'm not sure what word like amateur like messy chaotic mm. not, not polished and you know, yeah not all... polished not perfect but yeah. um yeah we all work in that way and it's good to hear that you're uh more in favor of going down this route yeah. um i know you're uh you know connor fowler as well don't Absolutely. you Absolutely. yeah i know he's gone he's gone through this process as well where he started off doing a lot of really polished stuff and then actually he also, uh, I remember him starting to share um, more of his real work. Yeah, and as he did. I, I feel there's a value to that. I've seen you do that as well, as, as you mentioned here. So I, I feel uh, collectively as a, as a community, mm. a lot of us are getting sick of the, the overly polished stuff and, and the key yeah. to uh, take that route a little bit more. That, that gets so much of pressure on people who are starting out as well, right? They're like... You know, they're expecting their designs to be really, really polished. They're expecting things to look as good as people, those who have been uh, in the industry for quite a while. But uh, right now, I look at a few of the designers, like on Instagram, uh, there's James Martin, there's Alan Mm -hmm. Peters, and these people like share their raw stuff with you. Like, this is what it is. And that's how, you know, this mark was made. And this is how I came up with this idea and concept. Right now, what you see is a polished one. But when we started out, this is how it was. So it gives more of confidence and, you know, it relates well with people, those who are even starting out or those who are struggling with a lot of things like these. I think, you know, in a way, if we can uh, inspire people on on that front, I think, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's totally worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I want to move on to something that I noticed that you did, a piece of content. Mm-hmm. Uh, you created an ebook. I don't know when you released this, but uh, yeah. 10 Mistakes... Yeah. ebook yeah I, um i would be transparent i haven't read through it absolutely um, no it, but, it's, it's totally fine um but i was going to mention that um i'd like to encourage people to download this so that I, I assume that you know you're uh you're uh giving it away in exchange for an email address is that correct yep absolutely yeah so i want to direct people to that and i'll put a link to uh in, in the show notes but do you want to share some of the uh, mistakes that you included in in that ebook sure uh so thank you for mentioning that by the way because it's something that has been uh, down the rabbit hole for quite a long time now <laughs> <laughs> so uh the reason why i did this one thing that i'm really passionate about um uh, be, besides doing logo design and branding stuff is uh helping designers more of like uh people who are starting out 
uh, you know, budding designers really understand the ins and outs of freelancing or, uh, you know, content creation and all of these things. And one of the strongest reason behind me wanting to do that is because I didn't had uh, anyone to look up to when I started out. And I, if I could be that person for anyone else, those who are starting out, I would think that all my, uh, you know, hard work and all my time invested on making these contents, like uh, the the my my podcast, which is called the Bless Show, uh, the ebook that's called Ten Mistakes I Made as a Freelancer, all of these things. If even one person would benefit from all of these resources, I think that would be totally worth it for me. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about you know what I do and how much well I earn as a graphic designer and how well I did as a, you know, content creator or anything like that. I think if I can inspire or if I can enlighten a generation that's coming up, younger people who are starting out, I would like, it would be totally worth it for me. And that's the reason I wrote this book, ebook called 10 Mistakes I Made as a Freelancer. And for a freelancer who has been doing, uh, you know, freelancing for, three years or four years, that might not make much of a difference. And that's not really focused on to them. And this is really focused on people, those who have just started out freelancing, like probably, uh, you know, five months or a year into it, or maybe you are planning to do it. I have just stated down the things that I've learned through my practical experiences. I don't have a key to being a successful logo uh, or freelance designer, but it's just the mistakes that I made that I would like people to be aware of so that, you know, if at all they make this mistake, because we all do, but if at all they make this mistake, they know how did I actually, uh, you know, go through it. Because I share my mistakes I made as a freelancer and I share how you can actually um, not make this mistake, what you can do to actually maybe overcome the mistake that you've made. So that's that's uh, uh, everything about 10 things, uh, 10 mistakes I've made as a freelancer. If anyone wants, probably I am, I believe Ian will have a link, uh, feel yeah, free. I'll include Otherwise, a link in the yeah. show notes for that. Otherwise just feel free to reach out to me on Instagram and, um, I'll have one for you. Are there any of the mistakes in there that you're happy to share? Like one Absolutely. or two of them? Absolutely. I would say the strongest mistake, the biggest mistake that I made was, uh, not having contracts, um, working for, uh, clients working with clients when working with clients doesn't matter if you're working for your brother for your family for uh i don't know for anyone uh just just have things written down and just make things clear when before you start a project because i have had nightmares working on projects where things were not stated beforehand and the client just went totally overboard with a lot of those expectations that they had and I just had to do it because there was nothing written down. There was nothing that was decided beforehand. And uh, it just made, uh, you know, a lot of things messier for me. So I would say do contracts. Doesn't matter what project you do, just do contracts. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. Uh, and I, I think it's it's important for both sides so that both you and the client is aware of what happens in what situation. Yeah. Um, I think it's important that that's clear so that if hypothetically they uh, they made their mind up that they didn't want to work with you anymore, mm. how do you deal with that? That should yeah. be in the contract. If in the event that they decide to use the work without paying you, what will mm. happen in that circumstance? Uh, yeah, basically every scenario should be in the contract so that you're protected and your client is also protected. Absolutely. Um, so I'm, I'm in full agreement. I, I know people that don't use contracts that have been successful. Mm. Um, but personally, um, I feel it's important just so that people are aware what happens when and, and what, you know, what, what's going to happen totally. in that particular situation. Totally, totally. Yeah. Do you want to share one more maybe just before we wrap things up? Sure. The second thing that uh, I would like to share, like 10 mistakes. Uh, this is, uh, you know, something that uh, not, not many people might think of, but you have to think of freelancing as treat it as a business and not just as a hobby or a passion that you make money from. Because a lot of the times, we are really, this is something that I also shared on my recent podcast is that a lot of the times we are really passionate about design. We're really, really passionate about 
pushing pixels, coming up with ideas and concepts and all of these things. But in the real real world, like real life world, it's not just about designing. It's about how you handle a business that is owned by you, managed by you, and everything is done by you. So I would say don't skip the aspects of business, uh, which is like, you know, managing uh, finances, social media, and all of these things. Focus, start learning slowly about these aspects when you start out so that you don't get uh, overwhelmed when things start working for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I that kind of goes back to what I was mentioning earlier, that one of the real challenges uh, when you start working for yourself and when you don't have access to um, the education, which I didn't, you are going to make mistakes. Absolutely. And um because you uh, the 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 truth is you don't know what you don't know and when Mm. you don't know what you need to know that's when it becomes an issue and managing a business properly is one of those things Mm. um so um you know getting advice from someone asking people questions uh learning from a lot of the resources that are online you know like things like getting contracts and doing your accounts and all that sort of stuff um that all of the all of those things are important and uh i don't feel you need an education for that yeah uh, obviously it's beneficial because you are told what you need to know <laughs> mm, yeah. um uh but yeah i think it's important that you brought that up and the contracts as well because you know if if, if you have no prior background of working mm. for an agency or if you don't have anyone uh, that you can look up to and learn from yeah then it's 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 difficult and it's it's tough and uh, uh i i i think the the good thing is with your story is that you've proven <laughs> that as a someone that's grown up in an indian culture and, and expected to be a doctor mm. you can still become a graphic designer and you don't have to be pigeonholed into the being a Fiverr designer or a 99 designer, yeah. and, uh, you know, doing graphic design and never getting paid. Oh. Um, I, I think you've proven that with um, a, a bit of dedication and putting in the work and, and working to learn about things like personal branding. And, you know, I, I really feel that's one of the key reasons why you have been successful so far um, it's because you have been doing all of that. And I, I really feel that you're going to be a role model. I I, I really do because um, uh, now because of the internet, because of the volume of free resources and, mm-hmm. and incredible information, you are basically the first generation that has access to this, that can Very do true. this. So um, you should probably take... Um, take the ball by the horns and accept Mm. that responsibility (laughs) and um, guide other designers that are India that are uh, potentially going down the wrong route of the fivers and the 99 designers that um, most, most designers hate for obvious reasons. Yeah. Uh, I I really feel that you can be an inspiring figure for someone that's been able to, succeed and you know create a model for a business that seems to be thriving thank so you well done thank you very much that that like those kind words really really mean a lot and that's one of the reasons you know why i focus more on sharing my experiences and my stories because i think uh you know when when you have and when you see people those who are from your same background and when they do things that uh, you might not think that would work out for them. But when you see them happening in someone's life, you get more inspired. And that's the reason I want to share my story. And it's not just that I want to earn a lot or make money from doing design. But I think, as you mentioned, you know, we have the responsibility to build up a generation of designers or uh, build up a generation that, understands the whole aspect of freelancing, understands the whole aspect of artistic nature in them and really makes use, makes the best use of them and not just stuck it down because of society's pressure, not just stuck it down because you think that things might not work out because, you know, for some like very small reasons, like you don't know English or, uh, you know, you, you don't think that you can communicate well, all of these things, you can just figure it out as you move on, right? Like these are not the things that should stop you from doing things that you love. So 
uh, thank you very much. Those kind words really, really mean a lot. And um, I think we have a big responsibility and hopefully we get to do something that uh, inspires the younger generation. I think you already have. I, <laughs> I really think this interview will inspire people. And um, um, yeah, I, th I think I think this has been a really great episode and um, I'm glad that we connected originally and I appreciate yeah. you coming on. No problem. And uh, obviously, I think in a few years time, we're, we need to do this again uh, because I know we're quite early in your journey and it'd yeah. be good to see... Uh, how things take shape and develop over the um, coming years. But yeah, I really do appreciate you coming on. Bless. No and, problem. Um, I Thank wish you very all much. The best of luck with everything. Thank you very much for having me. As mentioned earlier, it, it's an honor for me to be on this show. And I hope that uh, this episode is helpful for people out there. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Bless, for being on the podcast. I'm really happy to know that you started out as a listener. And now you've been able to show up as a guest yourself and uh, share an inspiring story of your own. So I hope listeners enjoyed this as much as I did. If you'd like to go and check out Bless's work and connect with him, I recommend going to check out his Instagram, uh, which is instagram.com forward slash Bless Creatics. That's C-R-E-A-T-I-C-S. Um, or go and check out his podcast, The Bless Show. I'll link to that in the show notes for this episode, along with his other social profiles. And I'll include a transcription of the interview in there too. Uh, so to find the show notes, just head to logogeek.uk forward slash 115. On next week's show, I'm excited to be joined by Chad Danieli, uh, who designed the logo for the newest Joker movie. So that's one I'm looking forward to sharing with you. Uh, but until then, make sure to go and check out the sponsor of the podcast, The Perfect Match, and start working on your mood board designs. Again, to check that out, just head to theperfectmatch.co forward slash logo geek. So that's it for today, but I'll see you at the same time next week for another exciting episode of the Logo Geek Podcast.